Hi, it's Joey. And Dutta. Please leave a message after the beep. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> Let's try again. Hi, it's Joey. And Dutta. And we are the co-founders at Leho. Leho is a social impact brand where every purchase supports a social cause. Our It's Call to Care series consists of all things kind, caring, and cool. We focus on topics of sustainability, running a business, helping people in need, and just general topics that people can relate to, really. So subscribe, save, share, and stay kind. <laughs> okay. Hi, guys. So we're here today with Tatum and Millie from a Swap Shop. Hello. Um, really lovely girls. <laughs> uni and they started their little conscious clothing startup during lockdown I believe right one of you tell me a bit more about what you guys do and how you started I'll let you start Millie okay (laughs) um (laughs) so we started sort of before Christmas thinking about a way that we could along with conscious change which is Edinburgh's uh, university's environmental society how we could incorporate a fashion element to the society and through discussions and Tatum and I both being really passionate about this area, we sort of took the idea of a swap shop and ran with it. And prior to Christmas, restrictions were a bit, I don't know, not so intense. So we were hoping that it could be a more in-person experience. But then with lockdown, coming back and stuff like that, we had to take it online. And so we've got our Instagram platform where we swap. We've done two swaps thus far, about a month in between them. And we also share lots of resources and guides and stuff like that. So it's a whole little community going on, we like to think. Yeah, I see. I love your Instagram. And I feel like it's just so you guys share a lot of educational topics and just really like insightful pieces. And you guys are always like resharing. And I always see your swap shots. I think I commented yesterday being like, I love this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Tell me about a bit about what like inspired you guys to start this because I know you started it in the middle of the pandemic so yeah so like I know for me when I was at uni I always had like I was almost hoarding onto clothes I just didn't know what to do with them and I've never really gotten into Depop or wrap my head around it and I think that's just a lack of me honestly not trying <laughs> so a lot of the times like my clothes would just end up at charity shops or whatever which is obviously a great way to get rid of your clothes that you no longer need but I was also consuming a lot like I like disgusting amounts I'm, I'm honestly like cringing at the amount I used to go into Zara <laughs> it's right. it's awful and like I was so unaware of the impact of my consumption and the impact of fast fashion in particular until I started working at a pre-loved um, brand here in Hong Kong and then really like built up my love for sustainable fashion and I started reading about it and learning a lot more about it and so like Millie said um, we got put in touch through a mutual friend who runs this um, enterprise, student-led enterprise at Edinburgh. And we actually haven't even met. We like we got in, put in touch um, through lockdown. So the only way we've ever communicated is over Zoom. This is probably the most uh, presentable I've looked the whole time because I'm usually in bed because of the time difference. And obviously I'm trying to do it from Hong Kong. Millie is still in Edinburgh, but we're in constant contact, which is great. And you know, this little passion project that we both had is growing. And eat, like, as Millie said, we've had two drops now. You know, we've had a lot more engagement between the two and all is going really really well and like I just wish I was in Edinburgh or or the UK so I could be swapping as well but you know there are so many other alternatives and we're so lucky and like you said we're also using our platform to just try and educate people on the impacts of their consumption and alternative ways and um, bring light to all these amazing amazing other brands which are trying to make a difference but yeah 
so far so good <laughs> amazing I will definitely give that swatch up a try I'm just like I always see the pieces and I actually saw like a really cute white fluffy top the other day and I was like I want that but then it just disappeared so anyway um I know you both are wearing something pre-love slash vintage slash something that maybe potentially means something to you so give us a little uh haul slash spin around <laughs> or just talk us through what you're wearing and <laughs> Should I go first? So I've yes, got, go for it. See, I've got a Paloma wool jumper, which is this like slow fashion brand from Spain, which probably my most recent purchase as well. And I think I've worn it at least twice a week, if not more, since I got it. I think everyone in my family yes. would have literally seen me wear it every day. Um, and then underneath, I got, I mean, this talk would be complete without an item from the swap shop featuring. I got some dungarees, which I got swapped out from the first drop, which I also wear the whole time, and they're the comfiest thing ever. So, yeah, this yeah. is very standard Millifield outfit. <laughs> I love the jumper. It's so nice. It's better. Cool. Tat? We, um, we, by the way, we didn't plan to match. <laughs> Just yeah. happened to be like this. On the same wavelength. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am wearing all my mother, <laughs> which... I mean, I'm lucky enough to have like a super stylish mum with an amazing wardrobe. And um, I've got some Ganny dungarees on. She's quite trendy, my mum. Just like this. <laughs> they yeah. used to actually have these um, huge bows on the front, but I took those off. They weren't really for me. So you get just another way that you can adapt and change your clothing. And I've also got one of her singlets on underneath. I have no idea where that's from, but that's just a plain top. But yeah, very yeah. lucky to have a stylish mother. I wish my mum kept her clothes. She had so, like, I was flipping through her photo book and she had, like, loads of cool dungarees and stuff because I feel like that was the time where dungarees were, like, such yeah. good Yeah. Dad was wearing, like, full boiler suit as well. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, I guess um, you've shown us firsthand, you know, lovely pre-loved and second-hand items. So I just wanted to dive into something that I read the other day and I kind of touched on about it um, with you guys. But... It was about, you know, sustainable fashion movement being classes. So I want to know what you guys think about, you know, fast fashion and their price points and whether or not where, whether or not sustainable fashion is basically for people who can afford to buy, you know, a T-shirt for £100 or a hoodie for £100. Um, and yeah, just what you think, whether you think it's classes or if they're leaving out, you know, people in working class or middle class. Um, I'll, I'll start if that's OK, Millie. Okay. I think like ultimately a really important point to make is like our clothes and where we buy them have always been a matter of class it's like a symbol of the class that you come from whether you like it or not clothing is a status symbol and a lot of other things we consume are be it any material object so you know obviously sustainable fashion like the fashion industry in general is going to have some sort of status class issue to it um and Obviously, sustainable brands are marked at a higher price point than fast fashion. But I think the problem with our society is we have this narrative where we think clothes should be cheap and disposable. And that's the picture that has been painted and depicted by fast fashion. But, you know, hundreds of years ago, that was never the case. Like people used to have, you know, one dress that they loved and cherished and saved up for. And I think just the whole narrative needs to shift that clothes should be worth a little bit more and should take up a little bit more of your budget. That being said, you know, obviously a hundred pound hoodie is not necessarily in everyone's price point at all, but there are so many other alternatives. And I'm sure Millie has a little bit to say about 
all the other alternatives. I'll let her talk about that. Um, but yeah, like, you know, I think in sustainable fashion, there is something for everyone. You know, you don't have to be buying a hundred pound hoodie to be sustainable. You know, you can buy secondhand, you can pick up some amazing things in charity shops and even better than you can in these fast fashion brands, things that, you know, already have had a life before you that someone's made memories and which is arguably even nicer. And you're not going to be wearing exactly the same thing as your whole friendship group, which is also a nice aspect of it. But yeah, Millie, I'll let you talk now. I don't want to say it all. (laughs) (laughs) Great stuff. I think also the fashion industry is just exclusive on so many different levels, whether it's you know the luxury fashion brands or as you said the sustainable fashion movement and I think it also then leads to other questions of exclusivity so as Tietan said there's amazing second-hand options charity shops eBay all these wonderful places swapping renting where you can I don't know find things for much cheaper and then it suits everyone's price point but then also within those second-hand areas you have the issue of it being quite sizeless and then there are lots of different body shapes that are excluded from the secondhand narrative because small brands maybe can't afford to do a wider range of sizes or you have charity shops where the stock is already limited but then this, there are specific sizes that also aren't catered for so there's a whole range of like issues around exclusivity in the fashion industry but that's not to say that there are absolutely no options um and I think repairing is amending and altering is also a great sustainable approach to being able to cater for different price points, different body shapes um, and stuff like that. And so, and as Tatum said, with fast fashion, I think there's a sort of narrative that we need to boycott it and it's terrible, but we also need to appreciate that there are a lot of people that need fast fashion and we can't just completely eradicate that from our society because there are people who need cheap clothes and need but everyone needs to wear clothes at the end of the day so I guess in an ideal world we need a system where cheap clothes can be made but that so that people can wear them but also so that the garment workers who make them can also be paid the right amount and there's a system that benefits all not just very making very few people very very rich that makes sense (laughs) No, I agree. And actually, you shared a post the other day and it talks about, you know, how fashion is regarded as something disposable and how, you know, as a cheaper commodity, we basically it's not worthy of our love or care. So we treat cheap clothes like it's cheap, basically. So we don't think about, okay, um, I guess we wouldn't treat it the same way as we would with our hundred pound hoodie. You know, if we look at the wash instructions and it says, Mm -hmm. do not buy, we'll be like, okay, whatever, just chuck it in there. So I think it's just, you know, the I wouldn't say the stigma, but the kind of misconceptions around cheap, not cheap clothing, but like fast fashion. So what do you think about, you know, if you talk a bit about the posts that you um, shared the other day about, you know, the garment workers maybe not being respected enough or appreciated enough, even though they actually put a lot of time and effort into making the clothes. Yeah, that post we shared was um, by Fashion Revolution and the founder, Ursula de Castro, who has just written a book, which I'm reading at the moment, which is probably where most of my information is going to come from. <laughs> Loved clothes last. Um, and it's all about the act of mending and just loving your clothes. And that post we shared was about sort of the value going beyond the price tag. If you love an item, then you should want to look after it and you should want to look after it forever. So whether that's a £2 top from Primark or a £200 top from a high fashion brand, you know, you've got to 
you need to respect it, not just for yourself, but also, as she said in the post, for the garment workers. And in fast fashion, there's a stigma that it's badly made, therefore it doesn't warrant being loved or repaired or looked after for ages. And she said how sort of disrespectful is that person who made it to just assume it's so badly made. And they're not badly made, they're just sort of simply made. Um, And simply made means they're also simple to repair. So, yeah, I think it is just about treating those calls. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Okay, well, okay, so say we have, you know, we still have a lot of shopaholics out there um, and a lot of people not knowing how to kind of take their first step into sustainable fashion. Obviously, you know, you have options of um, doing charity shops or swap shop, um, but what are kind of like baby steps, I guess? You know, we always have to kind of take smaller steps to get to where we want. What would you suggest someone who has no idea where to start, still shops at loads of fast fashion brands and, you know, consumes fashion like it's, you know, just very disposable so what would you suggest as like a good kind of first starter so um I think like this was me maybe a year ago <laughs> like I I was a shopaholic like and I like I said it's it's terrible but you know that being said a lot of the stuff I have bought I've worn hundreds of times but then I'm also guilty of having bought stuff because it was cheap and on sale that you know still had the price tag on and it's very very important to if you have the privilege to educate yourself on the impact because as soon as I did it completely changed my perception of the fashion industry and I don't know if it was a matter of me just being ignorant before and not wanting to know but as soon as I made that shift my whole consumption and perspective around it changed that being said like it obviously didn't go good all at once like I went from you know not going in Zara and shopping the wholesale to you know, consuming a lot, lot less. And then my New Year's resolution this year was to try cut out fast fashion altogether. And I'm not necessarily suggesting to do that cold turkey because I found that to be like a real challenge. But that being said, you should start with small steps. Say to yourself, you know, I'm going to buy something new every every month or I'm going to, the next thing I purchase, you know, I'm going to think about it for a week before I buy it to make sure that you love it. I also think another thing is important that is important is before you buy something to think about how you're going to wear that and what you have in your wardrobe that will match with it because you don't necessarily want to bring in a new piece of clothing that you know you then bring home and think oh I have nothing to wear with it I have to go out and buy something that's going to match it or even worse sits in your wardrobe and you never ever wear it there are like definitely some like steps that you can take but the one of the most important things that I did that really really helped was I unfollowed all influencers fa- that promote fast fashion brands and all fast fashion brands on Instagram. And in doing so, you know, the lovely algorithm changed everything that I see. So I no, no longer see anything really to do with fast, fa- fast fashion. My whole feed is really on sustainable fashion. And um, so like everything that I'm seeing is completely changed. I'm no longer marketed towards, you know, this disposable culture, which is great. And I think you know, as much as it sucks how much technology affects what we do, like it is very, very important to make those small steps so you're not constantly inundated by like images of fast fashion that is completely unethical and unsustainable. So yeah, I think doing that is a really, really important thing. Unfollowing these people who are, you know, showing you their newest collection of little thing and boohoo, you know, you don't necessarily need to see those things, but start following some more sustainable brands, even if you don't want to unfollow all of them do a couple and then just really think it's important to start educating yourself if you have the resources to yeah 
Yeah, that's said. Yeah, and that's actually so true. When influencers do post stuff like that, I do click or like I swipe up and I'm like, where did they get that? And then I get targeted. Yeah. If you percent off, whatever. And I'm like, no. <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think also in that respect, then it takes away that sort of impulse buying mm. trend that we all play into where you're sort of like, I'm happy, I need to buy something, I'm sad, I need to buy something. And then yeah. you it on a purchase, even if it's for a week instead of an hour or a month and just think, do I really want this? Do I, will I have it for years to come? Then I think that also mm-hmm. really helps. And also just one thing I did was I just look for, if there was a fast fashion piece I really liked, I'd just look on Depop and eBay and see if I could find it, see if I could find an alternative. And the sense of achievement and sort of pride you have when you do finally find it in your size, maybe it's not the exact one, it's maybe vintage, so you're probably the only one who has it, is sort of like the best feeling which sounds like <laughs> cringe but it, you feel really proud you're like oh my gosh I found it and no one else is gonna have this and I feel really great about it so yeah. that also is a it's a good feeling yeah it's like and fun. I think in sorry in that I think if if you've gone through a little bit more time to seek out an item you're ultimately going to cherish it so much more than you would have done if it was like rapid consumption going into the store picking it up a bit but sorry, buying it, bringing it home within the matter of like an hour, you know, like putting that extra effort and you really will be excited for when it eventually comes. And yeah, and I think it's important because you end up, you know, loving your items and they have a bit more of a story behind them too, which is nice. Yeah, I was about to say, they do have a story. I feel like all the clip, some of the pieces that I do buy from like secondhand or like vintage and stuff, people are like, where are they from? And I just tell them, I'm like, this is two pounds, <laughs> you know, or just like, yeah. So I feel, yeah, there's definitely a story there. Um, Cool. Well, so I guess I'll just kind of talk about the last question. And it's, you know, the demand for sustainable fashion is growing very rapidly. So you get a lot of brands coming in like Kangaya, all of that. And it's just, you know, sometimes it's all about, you know, fashion technology and what the latest and newest, I guess, sustainable material is. And I want to know what you guys think of, I guess, the future of sustainable fashion. Where do you think it's headed and what do you think needs change? Obviously, you know, education completely but at the same time it's like we need to it's not it, it comes it, it just basically comes from all different directions it comes from the consumers it comes from you know the people making the products it comes from manufacturers and all of that but it'd be interesting to hear what you guys think you know where it'll be headed and what will change or yeah Aiden, should I start <laughs> yes go for it <laughs> um so I was reading the other day that the total secondhand market is projected grow to twice the size of the fast fashion market uh, by 2029 so I think already especially in the past year with COVID everyone's had time to sort of slow down rethink sort of a bit of introspection like on every level and I think because of that we're all so much aware of the world around us and I think everyone is very aware of sort of climate change and all how every action impacts that And so I think the future of sustainable fashion, I mean, in an ideal world, it would go more towards the sort of secondhand repairing, renting route, simply because um, sort of the the most sustainable clothes you have are the ones you already own. And so I think even though there are sustainable brands who are using recycled materials and reducing their plastic consumption, stuff like that, it's still making new things at the end of the day. And it is still sort of consuming new items and so I think 
I don't know, I think it would be amazing if the sort of secondhand market and we kept more clothes in circularity, um, that would be the sort of ideal future of sustainable fashion. But obviously in our sort of society and world today, that is not the most, it's quite a utopian <laughs> view of the world ahead. But I think also it's about splitting the responsibility on every level. You know, we put so much pressure on the consumer and individuals to make changes at a local level. But we do need to call for the bigger brands to implement um, infrastructure where they also care for the environment as well as their garment workers and make sure their garment workers are unionised and paid a living wage and stuff like that. And only the whole industry can only change if there's change on every single level and we don't just put all that pressure on the consumer yeah no completely agree Tats. <laughs> yeah just um well um, that was very very well said <laughs> I'll try add and um, what Millie was saying about you know it's so important that everyone is being paid fairly in this production line and fashion revolution again it, clearly we really look up to them and um, have an amazing initiative where they ask people they make people question where their clothes are made and who they're made by. And if you haven't seen that, I definitely recommend checking that out. But it's so important that brands are transparent so the consumer is aware of what they are producing and how it is made so you can make better informed decisions. Because a lot of the times that you have no idea where your clothes are coming from and where they're made. So I think, you know, the future of fashion, hopefully, you know, big brands and fast fashion, all brands will be held accountable for their wrongdoings and they will be... Um, forced to like to tell their consumers how their clothes are made and where where their resources are from who their workers are where they live how they're paid like all of these things I think it's so 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 important so yeah as we as um we can be informed consumers on the whole but I'd like to think that the future of fashion is more sustainable and especially our generation I think we're much more educated about it than ever ever before but that being said I think my parents generation were very much more sustainable consumers too but the most important thing is just really educating ourselves and you know it's not all on the consumer like Millie said but that being said you know your actions can make a difference and I think it's very easy to be you know disheartened by something because you think your your action is going to have no impact overall and I, I don't necessarily think that's true like I read something the other day and it said we need to act as pollinators to change like the norms around us and um, I thought about it and it really resonated because when I made this swap to, you know, trying to stop consuming fast fashion and consume more sustainably, my friends around me started to as well. And I saw a friend the other day and she said, I was so close to going into Zara, but I heard your voice going, don't do it, don't do it. So like you clearly can have an impact on the people around you and hopefully they can have an impact on the people around them too. So I do think it's important to, you know, try yourself to change the ways that you consume if you can if that if it if you have an alternative definitely do but if you are a privileged consumer make sure you like educate yourself and hopefully the sustainable fashion or the fashion industry can become more sustainable and like Millie said like the secondhand market mm. seems like it's going in the right direction and I think that's amazing because there are so many incredible garments out there at the moment so it'd be great if they can stay in circularity and find new homes yeah nice well said uh, and yeah, you're so right about, you know, the sustainable fashion industry being really, really transparent in the future, because I feel like that's so mm. And with Leho, actually, a lot of customers do ask, like, where are these from? Or, you know, they do ask these questions. So it's important that brands are prepared to answer that truthfully. And I think it's mm -hmm. also about a brand's responsibility. Like now we ask a lot of our manufacturers, like, 
certifications or just uncomfortable questions that maybe in the past brands would have want to know the reason the answers for but now it's like okay you have to ask and you have to make that sacrifice if they can't give that to you then you just have to you know try and source something else externally or in yeah different options but yeah um cool well I guess we'll wrap it up from here and maybe end in a way where you tell us how people can help you how people can get involved with swap shop um what they can do I guess maybe what the process is like do they take photos do they send in you know just yeah open our donations for about two weeks to give everyone time to sort of sort through their wardrobes and stuff um and then you send us photos with a description um just the condition size all the basic information and we put them all together onto our stories and if you've swapped items in we call you a vip swapper so you sort of get priority access before we open it up to our whole instagram account um and you get tokens in exchange for your items and then you can swap out depending on how many tokens you have so the idea is keeping as many as we probably said quite a lot items of popularity <laughs> um, just because it's it's also so nice as well because so many swaps have taken place in person in Edinburgh obviously abiding by COVID um, restrictions um, but it's been really fun I've met quite a few people outside the library and been like here are my clothes enjoy them and it's just so nice to know that they're going to a new home and someone's going to love them for however long that's good yeah that's really really nice yeah and um just to follow on from what Millie said you know if anyone's reading uh, listening to this and are interested in what we're doing it'd be great if you could go have a look at our Instagram um check it out even if you don't necessarily have anything to swap like um we have said already in this we put out a lot of like resources you know different brands who are trying to do good it's not just swapping so yeah if you're interested at all we'd really appreciate if you guys went and had a look <laughs> I feel like your next big goal is to get an app that would be so cool if you could I know but thank you so much thank you